On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. And so I kind of just held onto the ball. Two defenders tripped over themselves coming up the middle. And Fred Stamps, who's on the front side of the play, doesn't even have a route. And he's just running down the middle of the field. And I just launch it to him. And he he runs zigzags for a 95-yard touchdown. Ran the defender into a goalpost. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat. Now he takes off the shirt. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk. But there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. This is going great. This is Tall Can Audio. Welcome inside episode 794 of the Tall Can Audio podcast. My name is Matt Robinson in our studios in beautiful Bytown, Canada. Great show today. We are super pumped to be uh, welcoming to the podcast the new quarterback for the Ottawa Red Blacks, Matt Nichols, is with us here today. Uh, of course, our CFL guru and uh, co-host of TCA, as well as the Mouchoir podcast. Michaela Schreider is going to be here, and our buddy, always down to have a pint, talk some football, um, does a lot of work to help us get some of these great guests as well. So we really appreciate Chris Hoffley, who is on the podcast as well. We are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio, Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio, and we are on any of your favorite podcast apps, wherever you're listening right now, really, just make sure you hit that follow button, subscribe, whatever it might be called in your app, hit it. We got more great stuff coming up. So we hope you'll subscribe and stick around for that. Uh, no need to waste any time. We might as well get right to it. It's Matt Nichols of the Ottawa Red Blacks on the Tall Can Audio podcast right now. All right. And we're off uh, on the show today. One of our usual co-hosts, as well as the co-host of the Mouchoir Red Blacks podcast, Michaela Schreider's here. How's it going? I'm doing very well, Matt. How are you? No complaints at all. People should really check out that Mouchoir podcast. Highly recommended. You should. I have several complaints and they're often on that podcast, so you should really check that out. (laughs) Uh, Also with us today, a guy who never turns me down when I ask if he wants to get on a microphone and drink a beer. Chris Hoffley's here. I appreciate that you phrase it that way and it's not me just begging you to come on because i just need more of this in my life but (laughs) uh, always always a pleasure and uh the real reason we're all here the new quarterback of the ottawa red blacks matt nichols how are you doing today man doing good thanks for having me where are we catching you today i'm in cheney washington right outside of spokane so uh pretty much other side of the country and uh, but I'm enjoying enjoying some of the same weather you guys are, so okay. don't, don't feel like I'm in some uh, exotic place right now. Um, well, you know the deal. I'm sure Hoff let you in. We'll uh, let you kick us off here as the as the guest. You got a pint that you're going to enjoy while we go? I do actually. I uh, I have one that I have two in front of me. I have one that I is one of my favorite beers. It's a Alaskan Amber. Ooh. 
And then I have one that's a Spokane beer uh, from Northern Lights Brewery called a Porch Glow Amber Ale. So both ambers, I'm a, you know, amber ale is kind of my go-to moving. You know, I'd rather go more towards lager than IPA if I was going one way or the other. But amber to me has a lot of flavor and not not too heavy. So they're both from the uh, the Northern Lights Brewery? Uh, no, one of the Alaskan Ambers, I think it's in uh, Juneau, Alaska, is where oh, okay. that one's brewed, but, but it's one of my, my go-tos. All right. Um, Hoff, what do you got today? Well, for, before I tell you what I've got, I just, I mean, Matt Nichols is obviously a beer guy, which he answered me when I asked him if he wanted to do this. He immediately said, yes, I'm a beer guy, and yes, I will do it. So that made me very happy. Um, and he's not drinking, like, shitty like basic beer so no, that exactly. also makes me very happy <laughs> um i'm uh i'm going also kind of on the amber side of things tonight with a mill street tank house organic ale uh to kick things off um also a proud sponsor of the ottawa red black so very that nice. should uh that should make a few people happy <laughs> um yeah i know uh, mill street's a mill street's a classic uh great location with their brew pub uh here in ottawa right uh on the water, um, love to get back they there. At some great point, spot there. Some points it's a beautiful, beautiful. It used to be the old mill mill restaurant, so great spot. Um, but uh, Tank House Ale, lovely, lovely, lovely drink. Yeah, love that one. Shrides, what do you got going on? Uh, I actually got married at Mill Street, so I love that spot yes, in nice. particular. Very, very, very. I fond remember of that you those the your your what the wedding pictures you posted at, at that time were. I mean, I guess the anniversary times have been. It was such a good uh, good backdrop for that kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing. That kind of thing. I mean, your life changing moment of you know getting <laughs> married. Oh yeah, no, that kind of thing for sure. Uh, back when you could have those those uh, gatherings and life changing moments, uh, it was for for whenever we get back to that time. I cannot recommend that venue enough. It was fantastic, if for the photos alone. For weddings uh, and just general beering. It's, uh, yeah. uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Actually, one of the last places I went before this all happened was Mill Street for a trivia night. Mm. And I was sitting in the same room where we got married and I was like, this is wild. And then uh, two weeks later, the world was on fire. So <laughs> um, wild times. Uh, I am drinking a Brock Street Brewing Company, uh, their West Coast IPA. Um, and a quick story, I don't want to take too much of Matt's time, and I'm very cognizant of the fact that we've dragged, dragged him in here. Uh, but quick story about how I grabbed this one. I had to make a day trip to Markham and back on Saturday. Ask me why. Why, Michaela? Why? Because I had to pick up gym equipment. Because apparently $300 worth of shipping is something that my husband says we are not paying. <laughs> we are instead going to spend $75 on gas and probably have way too much money on beer. Drive to Markham, literally not stop anywhere to pee because we can't touch anything. Uh, get the weights, uh, put them in the car, drive back to Ottawa on the same day. Like this literally took a total of eight hours. It was wild. But the deal was we could stop at at least one brewery brewery on the way back and so we stopped at brock street in whitby and that's how i came upon this beer who, who could have thought you would have opened up a whole can of worms map by asking michaela what she's drinking tonight well and it's like let's talk about drinking and she's like reminding us all that she's fit like she's going to keep working out while we're just trying to have a pint right so to be fair <laughs> I, I i picked up a bunch of weight and then picked up like 70 dollars worth of beer yeah. so it very much balances out <laughs> Uh, funny you say that. I also am in Whitby. I got the Five Paddles Brewery also there, like I said, in Whitby, Ontario. This is their um, Gen X Punk Brown Lager. I don't know what that means. Uh, there's not a lot of detail here on the label, nothing. Um, but you guys know me. 
brown lager, a stout, a porter, anything lean and dark. That's got my name on it, so grab that. Um, so that's what I got going on. Um, Matt Nichols, we've been, sorry to the listener, we've been uh, back and forth on who's Matt on this show. Well, before we get started anyways, I got to... Uh... Uh, crack this one. Gorgeous, man. Solid. There you go. <laughs> one of the one of the best sounds there is there. And actually, you guys should feel um, a little special right now because actually, I've only had like two total beers since the new year. I haven't been drinking at all, so this is actually a nice little uh, excuse. Special for me to <laughs> excuse. We are honored. I think that's what I said to to host Matt here when I when I said that that Matt Nichols was into doing this. I was like, I think we're I think he's down to do it, but we're gonna push him off the wagon that he's been on in the new year. But like, if, if there's any time where that's you know a good play, this is this is it. Um, before we you know we got a bunch of stuff. Want to ask you about how the last year has gone? Um, you know what this season's expectations are, things like that. But I'm always curious, Matt, when you're, you know. For a player like yourself, we asked uh, Lapo the same thing when he was on not too long ago. What is the decision like when you decide that you're you're going to come to Canada? What do you know about the CFL at that time? What do you know about Canada as a country? Um, you know, I, I know you'd had to spend a little time with the Dallas Cowboys after uh, after playing college ball. Um, when when does Canada end up on your radar and kind of? What is what do things look like for you at that point as you mull that over? Yeah, it was on my radar uh, my senior year of college because um, my DB coach in college was really good friends with Ed Hervey, and mm-hmm. I knew that I was on their neg list. And Greg Peach, who was a starting DN in CFL for seven years, was my college roommate and uh, still one of my best friends. And he was playing for Edmonton. We came in the same year, but he didn't redshirt, so he was – playing professionally a year before I was out of college. And so I'd watch his games uh, growing up in high school. Uh, Ricky Ray is from the same hometown as me. And so I knew of the CFL for a long time. Um, you know, for the most part, we knew that Ricky was up winning gray cups in Canada, but you know, that was kind of the extent of it. Sure. And uh, you know, when I got released from Dallas, uh, you know, I had some workouts with Chicago and Seattle and a few other, you know, a few other ones to just, didn't pan out and was really just kind of sitting at home for two weeks, you know, thinking, you know, my career might, or, you know, my career before it even gets started is, you know, might be over. I might be done playing football. And, um, and then, you know, got a call from Edmonton and actually took a lot of work to even get signed there. I had to fly up. I did a workout in the pouring rain and actually had, you know, one of the best workouts I've ever turned in. They had to film it and show it to Eric Tillman because he wasn't in town at the time. And then I flew home and then they brought me in. And so it was a whole kind of process to, uh, you know, have that happen. But for me at that moment when, uh, you know, you get released from, from Dallas and, you know, just trying to find a job, it was like, you know, just extreme excitement to just continue to be able to play football. Any hesitation at all about, you know, obviously you know a little bit more about the CFL than maybe some guys do, but about coming to Canada and just, you know, being a different country and what to expect, anything like that that kind of weighed on your mind at all or? No, nothing like that. I think at the time, um, you know, I was wanting obviously for NFL opportunity to pop up. I felt like I had a, a really good showing in Dallas and, you know, it was unfortunate with injuries at other positions where when you're the four string quarterback trying to make a team, uh, we had a bunch of injuries and they had to bring in new bodies. And so I was just kind of one of those guys that had to go in order for them to get through training camp. And, uh, you know, so I think when you're, when you're young like that and just coming off of an NFL team, the only, uh, you know, kind of thought process is if I sign, 
you know, this deal in Canada, that means if an opportunity does show up at the NFL, I can't do it. And so you kind of have to, uh, you know, come to terms with moving on from the NFL or, you know, potentially playing for a couple of years and going back. But obviously, uh, you know, that's far and few between, especially at quarterback doesn't, doesn't happen very often. And, um, you know, for me, it was just kind of got to that point where I felt like, the opportunities I wanted weren't showing up in the NFL and I just wanted to go somewhere and, and play football. And, and Edmonton was the, you know, the team that gave me that opportunity to continue playing football. I, can I just chime in there, Matt, really quick. Sorry, Michaela, just because Matt mentioned Ricky Ray there and I have a really embarrassing story about well, well, for me with Ricky Ray that I would like to share with well, you all. By all means, please. Um, so 2017, we hosted the Grey cup in Ottawa. Um, I had the, you know, fortunate experience of starting my career with the red blacks in 2016. And uh, obviously we, we won the whole, the whole thing that year, which was fantastic. And in 2017, we were, you know, hoping that we'd be able to host the thing and get back there, which didn't happen uh, ultimately, but, you know, still got to host the thing. And it was, it was, you know, incredible experience. It snowed like crazy. Shania Twain was there on a dog sled. Um, And then, so the Argos, the Argos win, I'm, you know, we had come off 2016 where I, you know, I got the opportunity to work with Henry Burris and spent a lot of time with him throughout the whole thing. So getting to see another, you know, quote unquote, as in, you know, some media might say past their prime quarterback when a, when a championship like that was cool. So the Argos were in the Red Blacks locker room for that game. And as you know, everything was dying down, it was late. Um, I'm kind of packing up and Ricky comes out of the room. And so I go up to him and, you know, like, Hey Ricky, the congratulations. So, you know, amazing. You're able to do this great stuff. And he's just kind of like, uh, thanks man. He's like, uh, you know where the bathroom is? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, it's like, you know, up the hallway to the left. Cause it was kind of in that in between area on the way out to the kind of where the buses or parking lot or wherever he was going was. And it's like, yeah, up to the left. It's like, yeah, thanks bro. <laughs> just kind of walked That's away. All he's got, huh? <laughs> I was mortified. Because I was so like, I don't know what I thought he was going to say to me. Like sit there and like reminisce yeah, about the past. Have a great long conversation with his. With and, his... And, and like I knew what he was doing. He was off to go do like more media party, get, you know, get hammered and whatever. Like you, you, all the things you do after that. And I was just, you know, hey, like, where's the bathroom? <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that was, that's my interjection of that. But uh, that's going to stay with me forever. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know how to follow that. Um, I, I was just going to ask Matt uh, in terms of, of uh, coming to Canada. I'm, I'm always curious about like the odd little things that surprise people, whether it's going you know, from one country to another, there, there's always differences in culture, differences in the way think people do things. And a lot of people think, you know, there's so many similarities between Canada and the U S but there's a lot of like nuanced differences. Was there anything that surprised you or that you had to get used to when you moved to Canada? I mean, there, it, it felt like, you know, you're learning a lot of new things every day. And then, you know, you come to realize too how uh, I think in Canada, you know, Canadians learn a lot about the U.S. and U.S. geography and U.S. politics, all that stuff. And, you know, we're just not taught about Canada, which is just ridiculous. And so <laughs> you kind of go up there and have no idea, you know, you know, just learning about the different provinces and, and, and all those things. I think the biggest thing to get used to for me was, I don't know, driving around Edmonton, how for whatever reason, all you guys are cities, you're allowed to just sometimes park in the right lane of, <laughs> of, of, main, of, of a main street. And like, 
Man, if you're driving and just not paying attention, you come around a corner and there's all of a sudden just cars parked in an active lane. And so that was like one of the craziest things. Is that, that a thing that's unique to Canada? I had no idea. I mean, I've, I've never seen it here in the States. I mean, I think <laughs> that if you have parking meters and stuff, it's like its own separate thing. It's not just in a lane where sometimes, you know, that, you know, between certain hours, that lane's going to be empty and between certain hours, people are going to be parked there. And so, all right, that was a definitely a, a crazy thing. Um, a lot of Canadians still don't understand how that works, and that's why bylaw does so well with tickets and that kind of thing. Overall, I mean, it, it feels like, um, you know, you could be in any U.S. city for the most part. I think the biggest differences are, you know, just, um, you know, some of the, the, the pricing of things, are, you know, are different from U.S. to Canada. And so you kind of figure out what stores to shop at and those types of things. And then, I mean, I even remember, uh, you know, when my like I said, when Peach went up there to play, and I even remember asking him, like, what's their dollar called? And he's like, it's a dollar. And <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know why I just kind of figured it was some kind of foreign, you know, foreign name currency, like, you know, like in Europe and stuff. But like that's just, just trade pieces of ice. Around, <laughs> like. Hey, now it's a loony. Yeah, I had a friend visit from uh, from another country not too long ago, and I was laying out a, a tip at a bar we were at. And there was a toonie in it. And she picks it up. She goes, what is this? And I said, it's a, it's a toonie. And she's like, what's a toonie? And so I had to, all right, it's $2. Toonies. Yeah, you, you can't explain the existence of the toonie without first explaining the loony and then our clever naming scheme. And you're just like, I'd never really given it two, you know, two minutes thought. But once you're forced to explain, you're like, it's a little embarrassing. <laughs> was, it, was it Robin Williams who had a great skit on that where it was like, you want us to take you seriously, Canada, but how the hell are we supposed to do that when you call your currency the loony? It's like, oh, there's yeah. an economic crisis. Oh, the loony's in trouble. <laughs> I think his exact words were, how, how do you take an economic crisis seriously? The loony is down. Oh, how sad for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was, yes, exactly. Um, though, not to, to stay on this topic too long, but just on the topic of beer, the one thing that I always find um, interesting when I go to the States, and this happens to me literally every time, I'll go to order a beer at a bar, as I do frequently, and I'll say, you know, can I get a pint of whatever? And immediately they go, oh, you're Canadian. And I'm like, how do you know? And they're like, well, we don't serve pints because it's 16-ounce it's glasses that they they do there, and obviously we have 20-ounce, but no one calls it a pint of beer in the States. It's, I guess it just doesn't happen. And every time, that's immediately they go, oh, you're Canadian. Like, wow, you're good. Um, but or, a pop, or a pop versus a, pop, a soda. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, so, iced so tea, Matt, too, throws you off, eh? Like, if you order iced tea, oh, you yeah, that's a very rude different than here. Like, sweet or not sweet? Like, why would you do the not sweet? I don't. Anyway, <laughs> this, is why, this is why when Matt asked me what the podcast was about, I was like, I don't really know. It, it, some, it, it could be anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't have to prepare much for this. <laughs> no. So what's the plan? You're, you're in Washington now, obviously. What's, uh, I know that the, the transition to Ottawa was obviously, um, the last couple of weeks for you have probably been quite chaotic. What, uh, maybe we'll start there. What was that? that weekend and, and, uh, the Sunday in particular, where you found out you were going to be an Ottawa red black, what was that like for you? Uh, I mean, it was, you know, everything I wanted, um, you know, exactly how I wanted it to play out. Uh, didn't, didn't think it was going to be an option. I mean, I've been wanting to play in Ottawa since the 2013 expansion draft. And, you know, it was just something where, um, like, I don't, I don't know what the reasoning is. I just always felt a draw to the city and, and to the organization. I just felt like it was always, you know, first class, uh, all the way. And 
uh, you know, and then obviously with Coach Lopley's being there, um, you know, as a quarterback, it's hard to find someone that you have just a great working relationship with, uh, you know, on and off the field. Our personalities mesh well. We have a lot of the same interests. And, um, you know, just to be able to have that relationship to continue is, uh, you know, is, is huge for me. I mean, he, you know, he helped take my career to the next level and helped me become a better leader, a better person. And so, um, you know, having an opportunity to play for him again, it was incredible. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, really all through December and January, it just never really felt like I was going to be back in Toronto. And, you know, I, I didn't think that Ottawa was going to be an option. And once it was, it was like, whatever we need to do to, to get this done, let's get it done. And, uh, so everything happened pretty quickly and, you know, my, my family was super excited and obviously we wish we could be up there sooner rather than later. And, um, you know, right now just kind of playing the waiting game and, and waiting until, uh, you know, we're allowed to get up there. Um, if we could drill down on what you said there about, about, uh, your relationship with coach Lapalise, I, I do wonder what is it in your mind that kind of makes that such a, you know, a unique relationship or that was so appealing to it. And, and you said he kind of helped you get to that next level. Is it something he sees in your game or how he utilizes you or is it the communication? Like, could you tell us a little bit more about that relationship? Yeah, I mean, he just does such a good job of understanding what my strengths are. And, you know, my strengths are you know, accuracy, getting the ball out, process a lot of information quickly, get through reads. You know, I don't really lock on to, to people. I, you know, stick to the game plan and can kind of memorize, uh, you know, our plan, our game plan inside and out and make quick decisions. And, you know, he just does a good job of playing to some of those strengths. And we do that game planning wise. We do that, you know, throughout the week. He, you know, he'll, if there's something I'm not comfortable with, he'll take it out. You know, I've played with coordinators before where it's like, this is our stuff. We're going to run it. Even if, you know, when that play call comes in, my mindset is I don't like this play. The play is probably not going to go well. And right. so when we have a, a game plan put together where, uh, I know what calls are going to be coming in at certain points of the game and every down and distance, you know, for the, for the most part, I'd say 80% of the time, you know, whatever down and distance it is, I can, you know, pretty much know what play is coming in and we're just kind of on the same page like that. And there's more often than not, it's, you know, more of the mindset of the play comes in and I start to read it. And it's like, yes, Lapo, that's exactly what we should be, <laughs> we should be doing right now. And you're going to have success when, when you're on the same page like that. And so, um, you know, I think a lot of that just comes from him having the the willingness to, uh, you know, listen to my input and play to my strengths and and do all these kinds of things. Where you know, any working relationship in any field is going to be better when when you're able to do that. And um, you know, he just allows me a lot of freedom to uh, you know just kind of be me out there. And I said he's you know we work very hard on just leadership things, body language, um, you know how we approach all the guys on the team and, and it's just, um, you know, a perfect situation where, you know, he, like I said, he makes me a better player and also makes me a better leader and teammate. And, um, uh, you know, seeing how he is with his family and his kids makes me a better dad, better husband. And so, uh, he's just one of those people that you want to be around and, and, uh, you know, want to be around people that make you better. What was he like to party with after the, uh, you know, everything, championship and all that in the well i was gonna say last year but it seems like friggin forever ago now what, <laughs> what do we what do we what do we not know about well like give give us some like if you want matt wants to drill down deeper so let's drill down deeper like <laughs> to give us some give us the goods on lapo that's not going to get you or i in trouble matt 
No, he's just, you know, he's down to have a good time. And, and I think that a lot of it is, uh, you know, he, he works harder than anyone. Uh, you know, both of us are there at five in the morning, you know, we're the first two cars in the building. And, um, you know, when you put in that kind of work, you want to celebrate your successes. And so I think both of us have that ability to grind for the entire week, um, do everything that we're supposed to do. And when we win a football game, we want to celebrate the fact that, you know, our game plan came together and, 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 you know, we were able to do what we planned to do that week. And, you know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, I'll just say that, uh, you know, he knows how, he knows how to enjoy the successes and, and, and then, uh, you know, when we fail, you know, we're both back in the building the next day, you know, trying to figure out why we failed and, you know, make sure we don't do it the next week. And we've, we've been very successful and won a lot of games together, uh, you know, with that, with that process. He does things right. When he was here, like he shows up, like prepare. He was disappointed. There was no video because he got a hoodie from, was it Kitchissippi? Yeah. I was just going to say he's been in town for a while. So he's got the local brewery scene well scouted for those cheat days. He'll be able to hook you up with something. Absolutely. I, I mean, that, that doesn't surprise me. And every, <laughs> it's just, fun. I mean, he's the same way all the time, which is also another factor. I mean, you know what you're going to get with them. He's, you know, and, um, you know, you saying that he's disappointed there wasn't a video so he couldn't show off his sweatshirt is exactly what I would expect. <laughs> okay. well, we got the selfie. We got the selfie eventually. So he, we, we posted it and, you know, he got, he, he got, you know, the, as deserved the, the respect for it. Cause it was a pretty boss move. <laughs> What's the last uh, year has been almost exactly a year now been like for you, Matt, I'm always curious about how athletes have, have gone through the pandemic. Obviously there was no CFL season last year. What's been your routine? How have you managed to stay in shape and, and kind of maintain uh, training and any kind of other regimens you had uh, throughout the pandemic? Yeah. I mean, with everything shutting down, um, my wife and I just uh, kind of built our own home gym, you know, have everything that I need. We got, you know, treadmill, Peloton, all the weights, um, you know, so that part of it has been, has been great for me still. Um, and then, uh, you know, we have a training facility here that I go to a couple of days a week and, you know, it's a kind of a big indoor facility and, you know, been able to be in there for, you know, a lot of it, there was a couple of weeks here and there where no one was allowed in, but for the most part, I've had access to everything I normally do. And, you know, more than anything, it just feels like a super long off season. And I'm actually in the, probably the best shape I've been in, in, in years. And because of that, cause it's basically just been working out for over a year now. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, those couple hours of a day where I get to go work out are kind of my, those are the day, the hours that I approach is just my work. And then the rest of the time I, you know, it's, it's been incredible. Actually, I get to spend all day every day with my three-year-old. Uh, my my six-year-old is in first grade, so she's been going to school. Uh, but, you know, just being able to be dad for you know, over a full year now, uh, you know, has been, has been awesome. Not a lot of people get to do that with their kids when they're young and um, being able to spend a lot of time with them and kind of do dad preschool and, and uh, you know, try, trying to just figure out creative ways to fill days with make-believe games. And uh, uh, we have a good time doing it. Uh, sort of relatedly, you know, on a, in a football sense, as last year went on and we weren't sure there was going to be a season and it kind of got dragged out whether it was or wasn't going to happen. And I wonder, you know, if it's the same for you now, when you, were you at all concerned, you know, going into Toronto was going to be your first year there. 
you know, I, I haven't worked with a lot of these guys yet. What happens if there's a shortened camp and can I be ready for this? Um, and even this year, we don't know exactly what things are going to look like. Does that weigh on your mind at all in, in terms of, boy, I'd really like to get a full camp in here and, and get this ready with, with a bunch of new guys? Or is it something you feel like you can kind of drop into reasonably quickly, knowing Lapo the way you do? Yeah, I mean, last year, I think it would have been a different story, you know, trying to learn a playbook as well as trying to learn a new coaching staff and uh, a bunch of new teammates. And I think that the scenario now is quite a bit different. Um, you know, I know this offense inside and out already. And so, you know, if we do have a shortened training camp, I think that, you know, our our process of coming together as an offense and learning things would just be sped up exponentially because I am, I will be a, a coach on the field. And, you know, I, like I said, I, you know, when I call a play, I don't have to think about, you know, what I'm doing or what my job is. That's all second nature to me now. So I can be given three and four reminders in the huddle quickly. You know, it's something that I do anyways, for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, something that I feel like has, you know, been one of my, my best skills is communicating in the huddle with, with my guys. And so, We'll be on the same page. Guys will know what they're supposed to do. Uh, people will understand, you know, who's hot, who's my shot guy against press man. You know, I, I give all those kind of reminders in the huddle. And so, uh, you know, we'll be able to really speed things up with the fact that, you know, I have a expert knowledge of the offense going into camp. Listening to a player with that kind of expertise in a huddle, I mean, I was always – not like the biggest fan of live mic games in the CFL for like a variety of more like behind the scenes reasons that I'm not going to elaborate on. Cause I don't want to get fined, but um, <laughs> like it was just, there was some quirks to it that, you know, that got ironed out. And eventually the, what I really appreciated was hearing, especially quarterbacks that, you know, that had been around and been in the game for a while, being in that huddle and the amount of information that they can pass along to their team in such a short amount of time, in a way that, you know, is completely foreign to anybody listening in on it, I thought it became one of the kind of coolest aspects. So to hear, you know, some of that context of kind of what's being said and and how much information you can kind of jam into your team's head in that in that small small amount of time is is huge. And it's it was so cool to hear and like that part of the live mic thing. Well, for sure. It was like a separate oh, language. Like totally times, right. Yeah. Like you guys are spitting out so much info so fast and I recognize these words, but in this context, I clearly don't know what they mean. And it was, it's kind of fun to hear that way. It is definitely its own language. I mean, um, you know, we have, we'll have one word that tell five people what to do. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I think to the way that Lapo's offense is built, it's built for people to learn it quickly. And, um, like I said, I mean, I think that guys will have a good understanding going into camp and then, you know, my reminders will just really tune guys up and you know, I'm big into, you know, I watch every single game, college, NFL, CFL, making sure that I see, you know, what mistakes other quarterbacks make with clock management or down in distance, you know, when guys are taking shots, when they should just be moving the chains. And so I'm a big football IQ guy and, you know, Lapo and I talk about that a lot. And so, you know, that's another big thing that I always communicate to our, my guys, you know, it's, you know, Hey man, if it's second and five, you know, tell my running back, Hey, if they don't blitz here, make sure you get out and get the first down. We only need five yards here. Like that kind of stuff just goes a long way. It's just alerting everyone for, you know, what we need to keep moving the chains, keep putting up points. And I feel like, um, like I said, that's, that's one of the better things that, that I do. And that will really speed up the process of a new offense with a new group of guys, you know, we'll be able to get on the same page quickly because of that. 
That kind of leads me to my next question, Matt. What's the learning curve like when you're joining a new team? So you have to learn a new playbook, but you've you've been with this coach before. You have ex- you, obviously a, a great history with Paul Lapolis. So you know his style and, and for the most part, his playbook. But how much will that change going from one team to another, both you know, for a coach and a quarterback? What's that learning curve like learning that new playbook now? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know just brief conversations with Lapa. We you know we'll, probably in the next month or two we'll really start diving more into everything. But um, you know, I think everything will be basically the exact same as as what we were doing in Winnipeg. Obviously, there'll be there's always evolution from even year to year, and so there'll be things that are taken out and added. And um, but in terms of the terminology, it'll be the same. And so um, yeah, there there won't be. A real learning curve with that, uh, especially between he and I, uh, and yeah, I think that we'll do we'll do a good job of making sure that everyone's ready to go from snap one. And uh, you know, I think that you know we'll just continue being who you know who we are and kind of what's gotten us to this point in our careers. And um, you know, for me, you know, even though it'll be a bunch of new guys, you know, a lot of them I know from you know CFL weeks and Grey Cups and things like that, where I've been around some of these guys off the field uh, already. So I have familiarity with, with a lot of players on the team and obviously playing against a lot of them for the last, you know, I've been playing for 11 years, but I've been playing against a lot of these guys for three, four five years. And so um, I think that you just already, already have the kind of that instant respect for each other, playing against each other for so long. And um, yeah, I think kind of gelling as a team will happen fast, happen naturally. And, you know, for me, you know, I'm not a huge uh, raw, raw guy or anything like that. For me, my approach is just, you know, be competent, be extremely hard worker. And that's something that uh, guys can uh, get behind. And so, you know, I'll just continue to to be me, like I said, be the first one in the building and, you know, uh, you know, challenge anyone to, to beat my car there. And, you know, I'll, uh, uh, you know, put in the work and those guys will see that and, you know, I'll expect the same thing from them. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, things will happen quickly in terms of just coming together as a team and, and learning the playbooks. You might be up against it with Marcel, uh, our, our GM. He's been known to, you know, walk in his dog and all that, show up at the at the building at, you know, 5 a.m. or so. So it might be, you might see that. You'll never see his car because I think he walks, but all the time, but it's, uh, <laughs> It's a, it's alarmingly, it's alarming how little sleep that that man seems to need. And he's, uh, yeah, early, another early riser. What are your expectations for quality of play this year, at least in the first couple of games, where you referenced a little while ago, you know, maybe feeling better than you have in a really long time with time to to work out, time to rest the body and, and heal, you know, past injuries, things like that. Um, the whole league's going to have had that for the most part. At the same time, hasn't been a lot of time on the field, not a lot of, you know, passes to catch, things like that. Do you expect there to be much rust? And, and how do you think that balances out versus the the recuperation that a lot of these guys have maybe never had this much time without taking a beating in their careers. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. Like you said, I think everyone will be flying around uh, that, you know, maybe the tempo of the game might even be up a little bit with the fact that everyone will be, uh, you know, very juiced up, ready to go and, and in good shape and, and healthy across the board. And so uh, yeah, that aspect of it's there. I think that obviously it's impossible to really, simulate what it's like being in a you know a full team setting at any position you know obviously especially quarterback i think that uh obviously it's impossible for me to go and throw against a true coverage 
and you know, on my own when I'm training, I can throw to every spot on the field, but, um, you know, there might be that little bit of getting back into it, but for a lot of us, especially a quarterback, you know, there's so many veterans in the league now that, um, you know, those things will just come back pretty, you know, pretty quick. I mean, it's the same thing every off season where you feel like, man, I haven't seen a defense in six, seven months and you get into training camp and, uh, you know, your old habits just kind of take over muscle muscle memory takes over and you kind of get right back into it. No problem. Obviously you would like a, a full training camp to be able to just get through some of that. But I do think that, like I said, enough veteran quarterbacks in the league that that'll just uh, click back pretty quickly. And, you know, there shouldn't be too much rust, uh, you know, starting the season, but obviously as the season goes on, you know, I would anticipate it getting better and better. Have you had a chance to connect with any of your teammates uh, since you uh, signed with the Red Blacks? Yeah, I mean, I probably had 20, 30 guys uh, text me. You know, Coach Lopoli sent a uh, you know a message out to the whole team with my number and, you know, had a bunch of guys reaching out and just kind of quick conversations about the excitement level of, of this team and, uh, you know, their excitement of me joining them. And so, obviously, it was great to hear from, from a lot of those guys and, uh, like I said, there's just so many guys on the team that I have so much respect for, been playing against for for a while now, and um, you know, looking forward to to joining joining them and uh, you know, putting on that Red Blacks uniform for the first time, playing in a stadium that I feel like I've played uh, very well in over the course of my career and somewhere I'm comfortable playing. And so, uh, yeah, I'm I'm as excited or more excited than anyone to to get a season going. I mean, you know, guys, guys are excited to reach. You know, guys are excited that you're here. Like, guys are reaching out to me to be like, man, like, they seem to signify kind of like we're moving in that direction of next season, bringing someone like Matt Nichols in. And the excitement, you know, guys wanting to play in general and just seeing that kind of experience and, um, you know, a, a, a player that guys know, you know, in the league so well coming in, the guys are, uh, Guys are fired up, and Lapo was almost giddy. And Lapo's not like a giddy, <laughs> you know, guy necessarily, but he was uh, he was fired up. So that you know, that's that kind of thing's contagious. Um, I just had a quick follow up question with that because you mentioned playing against some of these players. Is, is there any? Are there any players in particular who you think to yourself, "Oh, I'm so glad that I am not playing against that guy anymore." <laughs> in, in, instantly, the two names that come to my mind are Corey Tendall and Cleon Lang. I mean, two of the <laughs> <laughs> Two of the guys that uh, I think I think Tendall's you know the best halfback in the league, boundary halfback in the league. He just does so many incredible things over there, and uh, obviously Cleon's been doing uh, what he's been doing for for a long time. And you know, I've had to play against him quite a few times, and you know he's always in there disrupting. And so you know right away those two names pop out. Uh, you know Anton Pernot has been a guy that. Um, you know, it's gotten the better of me a couple of times. I've gotten the better of him a couple of times. And, you know, it's just a guy that's always flying around, uh, always excited to play football. You can just see it with his passion out there. And so, I mean, there's a lot of guys that, um, you know, I have just so much respect for. And, you know, I'm happy to see guys like, uh, you know, Don Namba signing back. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, he's another one that just flies around with kind of reckless abandon, throwing his body all over the place. And, you know, those are just the people that you want to play this game with. Also, Tyndall never really stops talking, so you hear him like from the you know from the sidelines from the bench when you're walking across the field. He's a uh, like an entertainment laugh track in himself. Um, what do you know, maybe outside of of the football sense about the city? I, I know you've been here um, several times through your career, but sometimes it's just in and out with the team. Have you had a chance to see 
much of it? And, um, you know, if so, any kind of favorite spots, anything like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, I don't remember what year it was, 2014, maybe 2015. Uh, we played a back to back Montreal, Ottawa. And so we stayed in Ottawa for three or four nights as a team. And, um, you know, was able to, you know, make a trip through Parliament and, and, uh, you know, just kind of be around the downtown area. The last few years, we've kind of stayed in the, hotel that's connected to the mall in the, in the market area. And so, um, you know, obviously those two areas are kind of the main places I've been and, you know, there's nothing better to me than game day walking, you know, listen to my music, walking with Starbucks, going to check out the basically castles, uh, you know, <laughs> down there. And so, I mean, it's, it's, a uh, just an awesome vibe in that city and, you know, walking through the market area. I mean, a couple of times after, uh, you know, victories at TD Place as a visiting <laughs> team. Now, now I'm looking forward to being the home team. Uh, I think our our spot was always King Eddie Burgers. Oh, wise, wise Good choice. Call. Yeah. And, Good. Yeah. They were always open late, and you know we we could have a couple pops while we were uh, <laughs> celebrating our wins and and get a couple of good burgers. And so that was kind of our 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 victory spot whenever we would go there. And so yeah, there's definitely some great places. Uh, that I've been there, but obviously looking forward to being able to explore more of the area. I mean, when you're a visiting team, you kind of are at your hotel and you're on foot. And so you kind of, you know, not venturing too far out, but um, just always had a, a great feeling when I'm in that city. And, and uh, like I said, I've always felt like I played, played well there and I've always wanted to be a part of it. Actually, as soon as my first time, my first time playing there, I always thought about how awesome it would be to just live in the, the the building that's in the end zone yeah and then the facility be right there is like man that would be incredible and i always get i always get jealous sometimes in pregame there seeing all the red black banners all over those windows and stuff it's like man can you imagine just walk, getting to watch this game out your patio window <laughs> so that's just a, a really cool setup yeah you don't you don't have to be the the guy in my job though matt where you have the the coach is asking you to ask the guy up top to stop filming practices because he <laughs> like in a very non-malicious way is posting like a live stream of every, you know, an aerial view of everything we're running in that two hours. So Yeah, that would be an easy, that'd be an easy, uh, it was one of the, it was one of the more awkward moments I've had where I had to knock on this poor guy. They basically call this guy up and be like, listen, man, I was like, Hey, if you want to come down, meet the coaches, meet the players, like whatever. But, but can you please stop live streaming the aerial <laughs> view of practices? Yeah, I wish I would have followed that guy. <laughs> yeah, you'll love him now. Red Black's fan from above, I think. He's, he was like, he owned it. He was kind of like, hey, it's my property. I was like, I know, but like, just, you know, do me a solid because my boss is <laughs> upset at me. But more importantly, on the food, on the food front, Matt, have you ever had a poutine or a beaver tail? Ooh. I've actually gotten a beaver tail before. Uh, Nate Kuhorn was one of my receivers in Edmonton for a few years, and he was he was obsessed with them. And so I remember going there one time with him. Yeah, you know, when we were there in the city for a few nights. I mean, it's not something I'm going to get the night before the game. And so, on a normal travel in uh, to play one of those games, I'm not going to get one. But when we stayed there for those three or four nights, I got I got a beaver tail. Amazing! I you know can't wait to take my kids there. And then. Um, Poutine wise, I mean, I'm definitely just you know a classic poutine. Yeah, I know you know people get crazy with them. No, uh, no, classic is the way to go if you're a purist on the poutine front. It's the only sure. way to I'm go. I'm not. I'm not like I. Said, I mean, I eat pretty healthy most of the time, and so I'm, I'm probably not just going to pick up poutine on you know on a daily basis. But uh, obviously, we've 
we've had a, a few of them and um, you know, I'll be, definitely be looking for recommendations of where I should grab one at. You, I'll, I'll get you uh, in touch with Pruno and some of the uh, his the French mafia guys. They'll give you the best okay. suggestions for that. Have you guys ever heard? Uh, do you guys ever hear Trevor Harris's inappropriate response to the Beaver Tail question when he first got to Ottawa back in? 2016. What do you think it was the name of a peelers or something? Or? No, somebody asked me there a beaver tail, and he said something to the effect of like, "No, man, I'm married." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had to uh, tell him after I was like, maybe you know, TSN 1200 or whatever it was on it was like maybe not the forum for that brand of humor. But I like where you know where your head's at, I guess. <laughs> Did he say it as a joke or, or did he genuinely think? No, it no, it, it was kind of always hard to tell with Trev. And I never okay. like, I, I think he was kind of serious. Like he didn't know what it was. I think he knew that he was being asked about like a food of some kind and he was being kind of silly, but like, I, yeah, it was, uh, again, I was, I was my first year with the team and I was like, Oh my God, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll make sure that I spice this one up a little bit here. To finish it out for you. Yeah. Well, that, well, I mean, like you've got you've got a bit to live up to, Matt, because I was also behind the camera when Hank told uh, Shinetti and TSN to shove it. Oh, I remember. And and my face would have been better because he had told me a couple days before that he was fed up with whatever, and you know he's like, I'm going to tell these guys what I think one of these days, and, and then he ended, up, ended up being the next day, and I was like, man, you got to like when you say one of these days, I didn't know you meant like live TV right in that moment but love hank they still hired him it was a classic it was an all-time classic matt you you've said uh in a couple interviews that you you feel that including this one uh that you feel that you played some of your best football at td place do you have any uh suspicion as to why that is no i I think that uh like i said just kind of that pregame routine of walking around the city and and uh you know just feeling comfortable in a place feeling like um, you know, just kind of puts you in a good mood when you're walking around there and, you know, just kind of relaxing and go out and you play good football. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I definitely just have, like I said, a comfort level there that, you, you know, it's hard to get in uh, a lot of these places. And so uh, obviously having that be your home field is, is exciting. And, um, you know, I've, Nothing I can really put my finger on, I guess, is just kind of my comfort level of kind of being in that place and the feeling it gives me when I, I walk around and and just kind of see that architecture and, and know that you're in, you know, a capital city of, of a great country and just all those things just kind of, um, you know, put you in the right mindset to go out and relax and, and have fun playing and realizing how lucky you are to kind of be in a place like that. Was there anything else, Michaela, you wanted to hit on or should I wind this one down? No, I'm good. This has been great. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Hoff, I know you sometimes have more to say than anybody. <laughs> I always have something more to say. I mean, I'm pretty much just going back to like probably put on a Harry Potter costume and play for wizards around the house. So, uh, like, or like, you see, guys want to know, now's the time. You see the picture? Like, like, and they, they're all decked out now. Like the pictures Matt posted the other day of his of his daughter, or one of his daughters, anyway. And uh, we got some some of the new Red Blacks gear they've got with a little Big Joe. Big Joe stuffy. Uh, no, it was very like it was heartwarming. It's like now we've got him. He's not wearing like generic. He's done a good job, Matt. Like you've done great, like wearing like a generic kind of red or black or you know, when you've done some of these video media things, but now, you know, you're you're properly attired. I realize this is all audio not, right now and you can't not, see not, Matt, but he he did show up at the start of his Zoom recording, uh, fully decked out in red blacks gear and just, you know, makes it makes me very happy. <laughs> 
Not generic though, because my my cult my university is actually just a mile down the road, and we're black and red, and so like half like three quarters of my wardrobe. See, is these it was meant to it was meant to be. It just, it just feels still right to be back in my colors. Well, while you've been stuck at home with the kids, like what has become your favorite Disney movie or what kids show you kind of find yourself? I don't mind if we watch this for a little bit. Like, and and what kids show would you like? give up you know everything to like never tomorrow, have to watch like again, again. <laughs> yeah oh man uh there's a netflix one called word party that <laughs> they literally just sing the song word party like over and over in every episode <laughs> and i could i could do without that one um luckily my first grader is you know now we've gotten to this point where we've read four harry potter books and watched all the movie you know four movies and you know, so we're kind of entering that stage where we're not watching just um, you know, little kitty cartoons. Sure. And then most of the time our TV is on Kids Baking Championship. Like my daughter is going to be on Kids Baking Championship <laughs> in a couple of years. That's like her her life plan. And so uh, we do we do a lot. And we always tell her like she's in the wrong house because we don't really let her just bake a bunch of cakes because I would eat it. And so like that she wants to just your practice career. baking all the time. And it's like. <laughs> Dude, you can't bake a cake because then I'll eat it. So you've got to watch and learn. You may have just uh, signed your daughter up for a future Red Black social media video. Seriously. Well, she, I... she's a, she, she was a staple in Winnipeg on, on the social media. She, and especially because she's like, I don't know, she's like really bubbly, uh, really funny, and like a bright redhead. And so she just kind of stands out and has been a big uh, – a big social media star. She actually, we actually have like, I don't know, eight episodes filmed where she makes, she films these episodes by herself and I cut them together and we put words on them and she over, you know, talks over them and stuff. I don't release them anywhere. She thinks she's, she's like a YouTube sensation. Sure. All right, sorry, I'm just taking notes right now for ideas. These will be on the big screen at the like. yeah, she, uh, she, So we have all these episodes saved up and obviously I'm like protective dad, don't want to just like put a bunch of her stuff on the internet but we have all these episodes and so you know her plan her plan is to just you know put out all these uh youtube videos and stuff so we we have them all but we haven't uh we haven't posted any of them but she's she's big into that i got a little dude in my life who's like six years old and before all the lockdown stuff he used to come into the studio here and it's like it's a full studio we got a full setup and he would do his own radio show and then we would upload it to a Facebook group that was just like his grandparents and his aunts and uncles and stuff. And he felt like just the biggest shot in the world, right? Like it's out there. People keep asking me about it. So the world must be. Did I pick the wrong, did I pick the wrong show to become a regular guest? on? Honestly, his are way better, man. Way better. (laughs) Less, less drinking, less drinking or more beer. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, I would the other thing I want to like, this just randomly popped into my head. Is there one play in your CFL career? Like one moment, like, on the field that like you'll never forget is there like one specific play you know touchdown win you know clinch like win clinching play that's always in your mind like one that you're never you know you'll never forget 20 uh, 30 40 years from now man um i think like it'd be hard to pick one right away like three of them kind of pop in my head one of them was uh 2012 uh in montreal and we were down like 20 20 six to four, I think it was with like nine minutes left. Kerry Joseph was, was playing at the time. And they told me I was going in, there was nine minutes left in the game. And 
went in first play. It was a receiver screen to the boundary. So I'm just supposed to catch it and, you know, throw a, a screen to my boundary receiver and the corner jumped it. And so I kind of just held onto the ball. Two defenders tripped over themselves coming up the middle and Fred stamps who's on the front side of the play doesn't even have a route. And he's just running down the middle of the field and I just launch it to him. And he, he runs zigzags for a 95 yard touchdown and so I, I mean, I threw this thing by 60 yards in the That's air. Awesome. And it's supposed to be a receiver <laughs> screen. I had like, I think I threw two warm up passes. They're like, they're like, Matt, you're in. And <laughs> like, all right. And so I just jog out there. And, you know, so that was one where, and then I actually threw for like 280, 280 yards and three touchdowns in the last nine minutes of that game. Wow. That was the first time where it was like, okay, I can, I can play at this level. Cause the first two previous years, it was really just learning, didn't play much at all. And so that was kind of the first one where it was like, all right, I can do this. And then um, I got one, actually an overtime touchdown win to Weston Dressler in Ottawa was was another one that was, uh, I felt like I had played one of my best games in my career. And still, like, I remember Trevor just kind of kept kept putting up points and kept answering us and ended up going to overtime. And I threw Weston a, a dig route where he ran the defender into a goalpost and um, yeah, I remember, I remember that. One. <laughs> and and, and uh, you yeah, know, that was just that's one of my favorite moments, especially just because it was Weston. I mean, one of my favorite teammates of all time, and uh, a good buddy of mine that you know we built a great relationship on and off the field. Uh, and then the last one was down. We were down uh, fifteen points, fourteen points, some uh, with a minute thirty left against Montreal, and. Drove right down, scored a touchdown, got the onside kick, drove right back down. And with 10 seconds left, I took off running and broke like four tackles. I remember Kyra Stabier like bouncing off of me and got down to the one-yard line uh, with one second left, handed it off to Andrew Harris, and he made an unreal play getting in. We won with no no time left, so we scored two touchdowns in the last minute, 30. Um, you know, that was, those are probably my – my top three that jump out to me. If I really thought about it, there might be one that hops in there ahead of those, but those are the three that kind of jump right into my, those are some pretty, pretty excellent. Uh, that's a pretty excellent top three. And then I also have, uh, you know, I don't know if it'll ever be released. It might just be for my kids, but I have a 73,000 word book written from my earliest memory and I'm caught up to present day now. So there's still more chapters that need to be written, but there'll be more, probably more divulging uh, wow. thing throughout my career in, in that, whenever that gets done. Are you a big well, writer? Like, do you that. enjoy that? Yeah. Like, is that I did actually, I, I understand why people don't write them. I mean, I, I think I started it on like my iNotes uh, like 10 <laughs> years ago and then it transferred over to a word document. And then, uh, you know, I work on it probably, you know, an hour or two every day, like kind of before her family gets up or late at night and, um, you know, wrote the whole thing. I've done one full edit and, you know, I know like there's just so much more you kind of want to add in. You don't know how much people want to actually hear about type of thing. And so it's kind of a crazy process to, to actually do it, but it's cool for me because I get to remember kind of all these things I've forgotten about. When you start to look back, you start to remember kind of the, obviously the tough moments, the good moments and things that you haven't thought about in a long time that kind of help f- fuel you towards the future when you realize kind of what you've been through to get there type of thing. And so uh, it's, it's been a cool exercise regardless of if I ever 
release it or if it's just kind of going to be for for my kids when they're older. well that would be that would be huge for your kids to read down you know down the road when they're older especially since they're young now and you you know they're not going to have all the specific memories of and and you know when they're you know certain age you don't if you're going to tell some road stories and stuff you might want to wait till they're a little bit older so you know <laughs> yeah. you have that when they're on their wedding day release it on one of the you know the, first, the oldest one's wedding day or the youngest one's wedding day and like this is what uh this is what dad did taking over the cfl for sure. Yeah, it's, I think that's kind of my my whole reason for starting to do it was just you feel like your kids see a version of you. Maybe this will be, you know, letting them see a different version of you once they're once they're grown up. Do the kids have a strong opinion or feeling about, you know, moving now to to a new city is, you know, I, I know they're still pretty young. Are they excited? Are they sort of indifferent? Uh, obviously, they know dad's right. got a new gig, but uh, how do they feel about it? Yeah, my oldest daughter turned seven next month, and so and she's like, I know everyone probably says it, but she's a really smart kid, and she really grasps everything. She remembers, you know, going to all the games and everything. Uh, you know, when we kind of told her that, um, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen this year. Uh, you know, things weren't going well, with, you know, with Toronto, and so it was like, well, if you know something doesn't come up, there's a possibility that like. I might not be playing football. And so, you know, she actually got excited because we've told her for like our excuse for the last five years that she can't have a dog is that we can't take it. to <laughs> And so when we told her that I signed in Ottawa and like, obviously me and my wife are excited about it, telling her, and it was like, not very excited. <laughs> no. because, and then, and we're like, well, are you not excited just because like, that means you don't get a dog. And she's like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> All right, dude. Like, maybe we'll try and figure this out and get you a dog. Sounds like sounds like you need to get a dog, Matt. Well, I pretty much have one. I mean, my uh, oldest acts like a dog probably eighty percent of the time, and my youngest acts like a cat ninety percent of the time. And so, I feel like we got two animals. Well, I think I mean we're all a little biased, but I think it's safe to say that you ended up in the best possible city in Ontario to play football in. <laughs> no doubt. And then obviously, it's big for my family. You know, with the Lapleys family being there. I mean, uh, you know, one of Coach Lapo's daughters is one of Elliot's best friends when we're in Canada. And so, um, you know, couldn't have worked out better for oh, us. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, this has been great, Matt. I, I really appreciate you making some time for us, um, having a pint or two with us. And we appreciate you jumping off the wagon for at least a night. Um, and, and maybe on a bye week or something, when it's safe to do so, we'll get you in the actual, uh, actual studio and, and do this again. Absolutely. Um, Thanks so much, Matt. For Michaela, and I guess we should thank Hoff too. We appreciate your time always, man. I know you get defensive. I guess on I, Twitter. I, I, I don't have a lot of time on my hands yeah. these days. You're awfully you know? defensive on Twitter when I don't thank you too for uh, you know. Don't well, just sometimes, like just the odd, you know, throw me the odd <laughs> bone, you know, here and there. I don't, you know, I don't need a lot. Um, for Michaela Schreider and Chris Hoffley, and Thanks, buddy. new quarterback of the Ottawa Red Blacks, Matt Nichols. My name's Matt Robinson. Thanks for checking out this episode of the show. Football just around the corner. It's almost here. We'll see you next time. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app.